Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi Mark, the first question for you today is quite a long one. It's a bit of a story to it and I think people will find it quite interesting just to listen to the background behind this horse because we're going to dedicate this entire podcast just to answering this one question. It comes from Sharon. She has a five-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred who is a typical shutdown horse. She says he was blindingly obedient, quiet and steadfast, go anywhere, do anything, but dead in the eye. In her short life, she has been in a racing stable, a polo stable and a busy show jumping establishment before coming to her. She's very reluctant to move forward from the leg and consequently arrived with Sharon with spur marks on her flanks. During the last 10 months, she's come out of her shell, but now she has a voice and she has turned into a no horse. She's decided no leading, no riding, no floating. She's been using the one rein starts and she is gradually moving forward from legs and without ear pinning. However, she gets really offended when pushed over her threshold or out of her comfort zone and has started to bite to show her displeasure at being saddled or float loaded. She takes offence at being asked to do the leading exercises and gets cranky if Sharon uses the flag to focus her thoughts on the backup. These little temper tantrums have now escalated into more aggressive behaviours when she asks for something, when she's anxious or worried. And she's now not just pushing into her space, she's raising her head and snaking at her and giving her a hostile expression while coming at her with shoulder and chest. I feel she's ready for a fight. This is, sorry, that was Sharon saying. She feels she's ready for a fight and she's afraid to use the flag to change her thoughts. She's worried he's going to kick out at her and she has now started to rear a few times. Sharon has tried being a tree and although this works somewhat when she's responsive, when she's upset, she feels it's too dangerous not to move out of her way. So Sharon's big question mark for you is how can she help her to feel good about being around humans again while teaching her to keep her out of her bubble and keep herself safe? She's normally a very kind horse to be around and not when she feels pressure. Is this something that she can work on or does she need an expert to take it on? She is a little bit reluctant to put her through more upheaval, but she just really wants to help her. Um, thanks so much for the, for the question, Sharon. It sounds like uh, you, you, you're in a, a certainly a, a tough situation there. The thing I say to everybody is, you know, when you're opening up a shutdown horse, it's you don't know what you're going to open up. And by the sounds of her past, um, you know, you're opening up, a, a, you know, pretty well a big distaste of people and, and pressures that have been put on her. So part of opening up shutdown horses is, is being there and being a better listener when you do things because, you know, a lot of horses are shut down because... They've, well, basically, I'll explain what I, you know, if someone said to me, what's, uh, what, you know, if I said the meaning of a shutdown horse or what shuts horses down, um, it's they've had the right to act on their thoughts taken off them. That's basically, I believe, what shuts down horses. You can have various different things that shut them down, but basically the right to act on their thoughts. So, you know, in a lot of places and stables and things like that, you know, 
a horse is supposed to be obedient and, and the life of a horse is to sort of be obedient while we, while we do things to them. So, you know, you can imagine in some stables she might be cross-tied and someone's brushing her. She doesn't have a choice. She just has to put up with it. So all that um, nervousness, that sort of possibly fight, flight things, all those, all those feelings kind of just go inside and stay in there. And if you look at a lot of scenarios, horses that you um, handle that are, are shut down have been taught to sort of do as they're sort of told and, and we do a lot of stuff on them and to them. You know, so we walk up and we, we put our hand on them, we brush them, we girth them, we saddle them. And some of it, every, every one of these things they haven't liked, but they knew that um, they had to stand still and put up with it. Um, so they were kind of frightened away, I, I guess, and they were in, the, in a state of helplessness. So when you give them the right to communicate back, so sometimes you give them the right to communicate back by you know, just stopping and listening. So when you walk out to them in the paddock um, and you see them get a little hard, you might step back and say, I'll just wait a little and then they soften and then, you know, then all of a sudden they say, oh, this person's not just walking up and putting a holder on and I'm just going to shut down and do what I have to do. They've listened to me. Um, so, so listening will get them to communicate because that basically gives them a voice again because every time they do something, you've listened to it, so it becomes a dialogue. The catch with listening is the horse will say well this person listens and it could make the horse feel like um, because remember listening is because uh, it's a dialogue some horses can because a person listened to them then the horse might feel like it's in control sometimes you know so if a horse does something to another horse and that horse re other horse responds to that then that horse may have been in control for a second so that's what's going to happen over time because all the things that have been done to her have put bad feelings in her then as the more you listen to her, the more that comes out. And the more she says, well, I still don't like you and I still don't like the pressure that you might do to me. So she's getting angry now and she's starting to say, you know, get out of my space. I don't want you around, all that sort of stuff. So that's going to come out through um, having a dialogue with a horse. So in installing clear boundaries for yourself, but also still being there to sort of help us through is, 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 is um, quite a difficult thing, but, but it's important you have that. Um, but moving sort of around a little bit on, on a few things of where we're going with this sort of question, um, it is very hard because she remembers all the bad things that have been done to her and the pressures she ha she doesn't like. So if, if you went out, like I say, in your pyjamas and you went out and patted her and said, I'm just here to sit with you and she'd go, good, I like you in your pyjamas, it's really nice. And then you come out with your sort of work gear on ready to go and educate her, she's going to go, go away. I don't like you when you're like this because I don't like pressure. And the pressure is what's really made her troubled over the years. And it's usually pressure revolved around all the education, the polo, polo cross, whatever it was, um, you know, the jumping and racing, whatever, all that sort of stuff was just all pressure she didn't understand and didn't like. So when you start going out there trying to say, now I'm going to use pressure and guide you and even though you're trying to do it in a different way and be better than maybe the way that, or that's better than the way that was previously shown to her, she's still going to say, I don't like that. There's too many bad memories and I don't trust people. So she will be happy keeping you in your pyjamas almost to a stage that she'll say, go and put your pyjamas back on before you come and see me again. Um, that's what ends up happening and that's all that really anger stuff coming out of it because she knows when you go in and show her any signs of pressure and things like that, 
She's saying she doesn't like it. She doesn't want it. So, yep, you'll go and get your pyjamas back on and come back and you'll sort of have a glass of wine with her and she'll be hunky-dory and fine as long as you don't press any buttons. So this is the catch and this is where you can get easily stuck with a horse, a shutdown horse that's got a lot of bad feelings in there. You get stuck drinking your glass of wine with them but you can't do anything with them like ride them or anything like that because because of all the, the, the bad memories. And So this is where you, you go back to day one. Um, so so this is where you I would say even watching, you know, videos and different things like that, <clears throat> there, you, you know, sometimes you need somebody who has an understanding of opening up shutdown horses cause, and, and getting them to operate better. Um, so basically, you still are allowed to be firm. And this is the thing I think what happens is people sometimes think they've backed off because I've got to take pressure away from these shutdown horses. And it's not necessarily the pressure that's 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 um, made those horses like they are. It's it's the lack of um, alternatives. So you know, so sometimes if we start listening. So listening is a good way of sometimes encouraging people to back off the pressure. So if you do, if you're constantly listening to them all the time, you might back off the pressure, and then they know very quickly they can start to control the amount of pressure that you apply. Sometimes by getting aggressive or things like that, because they know you'll back off. Okay, so it's very dangerous if when you're applying pressure to horses and trying to train them that they start controlling the pressure that you're applying because they don't like that pressure. And this is the glitch. This is like the bit that's really difficult in getting them to sort of operate to pressure. But remember what I said. It, they, 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 didn't, they didn't operate to pressure because um, they were just showing pressure, but they probably didn't have the right alternatives there. So the first thing I do with a shutdown horse that looks like it's going to be like that um, is I have an artificial aid like a flag or something but I will stand back and not do a lot with my body language and I will try and somehow set up an environment where I get them to search so my first thing is I say don't fixate like one of my first thing I'm not saying it's my first one I'm, I'm one of those people I don't commit to anything and if I think I've got to back out and do something else so so um so basically what I might do is I'll go in and I'll stand at a distance and the horse gives you all this sort of stuff. They're going to really push the boundaries and get angry and stuff like that. And I might have, have a flag and I might have a flag. I might even put on a long stick, for instance, so the flag is away from me. And I might even have it on a long rope so I know I've got it on a rope because I don't want them to run around a round yard or do anything that might be in the past. And I might just put that flag in an uncomfortable position that she has to sort of go, oh, I really don't like that. I'm, I'm really concerned about that. Um, but the flag is not sort of right close to you, so she's angry at you and the flag. You just might put it over there like there's a bit of a magpie somewhere and she'll go, oh, gee, what's that there? And she'll focus her anger on it. She'll focus, you know, she'll do all these things. But um, when she kind of looks around for an alternative, she might just look away for a second, just away from that flag and go, oh, if I was thinking about moving somewhere, I might move over there. And as soon as she sort of stops fixating on the flag, focusing angry thoughts on the flag, things like that, then I might just reward her and say, good girl, thanks for looking away. And that was her first lesson in having a right to search under pressure. So the, the thing we're trying to show shut down horses that, um, you know, you could, I oh, know, no, I'll go on, a, <laughs> if I could go around you know, saying all these different things and, and, and get you lost while I'm answering, answering the, the question, but... Um, because it's pressure that's really making her upset. And because she is, um, 
disempowered by not having the the flight. So so basically, shut down horses have had the flight instinct taken out of them. So flight instinct. Some people say, well, I don't want flight instinct in a horse, but um, I say you do want flight instinct in a horse. Flight instinct is a horse going, oh, oh, that's that's bothering bothering me over there in the paddock. There, I I may have to think about vacating. Wonder where I can go. Yeah, right. I might just, I might just move over here a little bit. And some horses just might move over somewhere because something's a little unsafe, and they made, and then, and then all of a sudden they go, "Oh, lucky I moved." You know, like if a, if a, if your horse was tied up, um, and something fell off the rail while it was tied up, um, the horse goes, "Oh, something fell near my foot. I just move across a little, check it out a bit." Because that horse had the right to move its feet just a little bit, realign a bit, and then the thing didn't do anything to it. Then the horse goes, "Well, lucky I could move. I'm safe." But if the horse that was super obedient, something fell on the ground right near its foot, it'd be standing there going, it's near my foot, it's near my foot, I can't move, I've got to be good, I've got to be good, and then boom, something else happens, the horse blows up. So a flight instinct sometimes is simply the, 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 the horse just shifting to a slightly different position. Um, so that response is so powerful in giving that back to a horse, not run away like a mad you know, banshee, but just just run, just just um just to just to move a little bit. So once um once the, once you give that back to a horse. So so the thing I look for is I give them their rights to search back. So a lot of horses that like her by the sounds of it, she's fixating on the things she doesn't like and communicating those things in quite negative ways. Or she might just find the extreme flight, which is I'm out of here and I'm just going to run around really really crazy. Uh, I'm going to fight or flight bad. So you've got to give her the right to have options of where she puts her thoughts. And that's what I, what I tend to do with a lot of those horses. I try and be as neutral as I can to say, this is just a magpie. As I say, the end of the flag's a magpie. She'll nod her head. She'll kind of do all these kind of things to challenge it. But you just might put it in a sort of slightly different position that she's got. It could be up high, for instance, so it directs her off where you are. And she'll be kind of looking and looking and sort of giving it the eye daggers. And then all of a sudden, she'll kind of look around and go, and she'll look away for a second and, and then you just take it away and she'll go, oh, I just looked away. And most times you see horses with those hard expressions look away for a second and you'll see them have a bit of an eye pop and a lick and a chew because they've gone, they were fixating on something. And that's why even hyperfocus can, you know, cause this problem in horses. So once, so then all those angry thoughts that were going towards pressure, which she thought she had to do, she took away from that pressure and looked away. So looking away was her knowing that I might look and there could be a door open to go somewhere else. And then I just keep repeating that little thing until the horse starts to search every time you create a something. So that desire could be a little flag where you search it a little bit, you know, wave a flag a bit. But be careful. You, know, you don't want to just get flags and everyone go out with flags with their horses. But, but, but I just use a little bit of a flag and put it into like even a small bit, of, bit on the end of a stick and just put it somewhere and just get it to look away from it. You know, look over there, look away, look. Um, but as soon as she's looked away, like something I try and do after that is put a positive in there. So after horses looked away from danger, uh, which which is that magpie on the end of a stick that's over there somewhere, then you might step somewhere and she looks back at you and you just stand nice and calm like you're in your pyjamas and she go, oh, thank God you're here. That was a bit scary up there. So then what she... Um, what that's also doing is that's disassociating the um, pressure from you. So she starts to learn to think through a pressured environment, but you're not the baddie. You're the kind of the goodie that helps her. 
So, so you're actually just getting her to think through pressure. So she has a new way of thinking. And, and because this is rehabilitation, it's not just, oh, I do this and she's going to be right again. Um, you know, like I just had only a young horse, a five-year-old just at the last clinic and um, the owner was riding it out, but it was broken. And when she told me how it was started, broken in and started, um, I went, wow, that's, that's really interesting. You know, someone legged onto it, gallop up a hill and kind of back, you know, so running away in fear. And this horse was a five-year-old and it already had a strong kind of freeze response in it. And it would also go to, you know, it'd be sort of looking very dull and quiet with a bit of a square eye, like it was obedient. But if you pressed it and got it off guard on that's more so nervous eye, which, which we tried to, we, we tried to promote, pr provoke it a little bit, um, it would sort of, you know, suddenly pop and run out or buck away and stuff like that. And, and that's what happened to her. She was riding it for months. And then one day it was a bit nervous in a new environment and she turned it to the right and it just blew up and bucked her off. So she hadn't ridden it since. But so basically where I'm going with this is this horse was only a five-year-old <coughs> and it was showing all the telltale signs of fixation on pressure or shutting out, shutting out pressure or fixating. Uh, so, so we worked the first two lessons I was working it and I worked on don't fixate search. And then after that horse started, its mind opened up, then it was like, all oh, right, I can do this. I can do that. And then it started to remember good education, but, but while ever it had that old mentality in it, there was no point educating it and showing it lots of things because it, its mindset wasn't right to take on that new information. So when I said to her, I said, she says, I've done heaps of stuff heaps of groundwork with it, heaps of, you know, trying to get used to things. <clears throat> and it seems like it forgets. And I said, yeah, but you, you, it's been in the mind frame that it might only remember 10% of what you've shown it. Not even that maybe. Um, but now that I've spent two days unlocking it and showing it that it has its rights back and can search, now it's sort of, at, I've set up its learning environment so it, thinks about putting me in a better position and liking the things that I'm showing it opposed to me just coming in and showing it stuff. So, yeah, so so I think with, with your horse, you've really got to unlock that search in it again, give it a right to search. Um, and you'll be surprised after two or three or four or five days of getting your horse to sort of just look away from danger, come back to a connection to you because you might step back and she comes back to you and she might sniff on you. You'll see her start to kind of let go of a lot of gremlins, you know, like, um, I don't know if anyone remembers Ghostbusters. I, don't, I haven't watched all the Ghostbusters, but the original old Ghostbusters, they used to carry that big box and when they'd shoot the ghosts, all these crazy, scary ghosts would get locked up in a box. And I always wondered, like, I always, when I, I, I always see a shut-down horse and I always think of Ghostbusters. The reason is because I see all these gremlins and ghosts, well, not gremlins, but ghosts that have been pushed into this horse and they're all ready to come out at some stage. Um, so, so basically that's what they're like. So you're seeing all those ghosts coming out and all that anger and all that stuff. It's all not just hidden in, in, in the trap. But yeah, giving her a right to search is going to be the biggest thing. And I could go on for hours on what you do after that and after that. But you could trial that for a little bit. As I say, you might want a longer stick so to, and put the flag in slightly random positions. And just, you know, when you see her fixating, just keep wriggling until she, you see a thought change and she just looks somewhere else even. Um, so a lot of the horses at hyper focus, the first thing I do with them is get them to look away from me, not focus on me. I'd be like, look away from me. And they go, oh, I thought I had to focus on you and eyeball you. 
and and as soon as they realize they can look away they come back and they look at you so differently like they look at you with such a soft expression whereas before they thought i've got to look at you um there's no other option and um but if you tried that for a while with her that'd be one way to get her to start the search again and then yeah maybe it's a question we might revisit after you've practiced that little thing because uh yeah it's a whole whole subject in itself um but yeah good luck with it and um yeah we'll see how we go let us know how you go sharon yeah maybe sharon if you if you could put a little video through of her or you working with her maybe we'll do a talk over and just put it back on the membership that might be a good a good way to sort of get some get some ideas because it's very hard to give especially on really technical and that's uh, actually go back go, oh, quickly before we go on um the question about should you do it yourself or should you get the hardest thing these days is finding someone who's willing to work with a shutdown horse and put it in a good headspace without just saying this horse should be obedient. Okay, so so that's the biggest risk. Um, you know in yourself you want her to be an open, thoughtful horse that becomes soft. So, um, so yeah, it is very hard. But, yeah, I'd like to be able to help somehow if I could sort of you can show me a few things on video and I might be able to... Um, you know, talk you through a few things. And and also just another thing, don't let her test your boundaries. Like um, in a sense, if she, she can do all this sort of stuff, don't come in and listen to her when you're approaching her. But when she kind of steps up and challenges, you're allowed to get big and say, that's not available until she changes the thought. But as soon as she changes the thought, you will step back again and say, I'm not coming in to, you know, crowd you, but don't step your energy up into me because that's not going to work. That's not available. So basically boundaries are that's not available. So if she starts to step up and push a lot of her negative energy towards you and you feel it's kind of making you intimidated and, you know, you might you might sort of soften a little bit, but if she sees you soften and step back a little when she pushes that energy into you, she's going to, see, she's going to start using that to say, don't do anything energetic or don't show me pressure because that's what it means. She's starting to control that pressure. So... You have to very carefully at a distance still be able to say, hey, let go of that. Even if you put the flag somewhere else and shook it to make her change that thought of she's pushing into you with her thoughts and, you know, stepping her energy into you. Um, but as soon as she lets go of it, you step back and you go and do something else. You might go and look at the rail or, you know, just don't worry about it. Just, just take the pressure off. It's not like you're mm -hmm. pressuring her and pushing into her to say, I'm the dominant one, mm -hmm. but you're not letting her push into your boundary because that boundary of yours yeah. has got to look like, it's been there for a thousand years and will never be broken. Wonderful. I think we'll leave it there, Mark. There's yeah. a lot of information for Sharon. Good luck with it, Sharon. But yeah, like Mike says, please keep us posted. He's very happy to help you walk you through this one. Good luck. Good luck. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.